Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartley, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for another live episode of Let's Ride. We are live on Tuesday night. That is typically when we do our live shows, and we're on the Locker Room app. If you're an iOS user, you can get this app for free. Just download Locker Room app. You can create a free account. Again, it costs you nothing. And join me every Tuesday for my live mailbag segment, I love to hear from my Ride or Die crew, all those people that listen to Let's Ride every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And before we get started talking about the expectations for the Steelers in 2021, and before I dive into the Twitter mailbag, and before I start taking some callers here live on the locker room app, I wanted to plug behind the steelcurtain.com. Uh, it's a great website. If you love reading about the Steelers, if you love everything Pittsburgh Steelers, then you'll love behind the steelcurtain.com. Make sure that is your one-stop shop. For all things Pittsburgh Steelers, no matter when. Some people say, well, Jeff, the draft's over. There's nothing new. No news is going on until, uh, I don't know, training camp? Summer? Not true. Steelers are signing rookies. They signed two more. They they signed both their fourth-round picks, both from Texas A&M, Buddy Johnson and Dan Moore Jr. That takes their total to six. The only players that have not been signed yet are the top three. Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and Kendrick Green. I'm sure that'll happen soon. Uh, sooner or later, we'll put it that way. Uh, other than that, uh, I wanted to really dive into this talk about the, the podcast platform. I'd mentioned this on Monday. We're doing a giveaway. 
we are doing a giveaway, and I wanted to hook up one of my Ride or Die crew members with some free swag. We have partnered with Breaking Tea, which is a great company that produces some really nice T-shirts and hoodies. And I talked to them, and I said, look, can, can we get a giveaway? Can we get a giveaway? And they said, yeah, yeah, sure. Just you do whatever you need to do. Plug us in it and let us know who wins, and we'll send them a free shirt or hoodie, whatever they want. They just pick it from the site, and we'll send it to them. So that sounds great. So starting next week, next week, now on Sunday on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I'm going to put an article out that's going to outline everything. But starting next week, you're going to have to listen to every single mon- every single morning podcast on our platform, mo- Monday platform, I'm sorry, Monday through Friday. So that's my mo- then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride. You'll have to listen to the live mic on Tuesday, the Stat Geek on Thursday with Dave Schofield. And at some point during the show, we're going to give you a player. You need to know the player, and you're going to have to really think. And at the end of the week, you're going to take all of the information that we've given you, and you're going to have to figure out, okay, what does it all mean? What is the, the code, the key? We're talking the Da Vinci code here. What exactly are they trying to, for, to have us find? you got to crack the code. If you can crack the code, you win. It's that simple. So you're going to have to listen to all five podcasts. And remember, they're on all podcast platforms. So if you miss one, you can always go back. And you can always listen and find it. You can rewind if you have to. We'll always give it to you at some point during the show. So that's going to be coming up next week, and we'll talk about that again. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, and you will find us there for sure. Okay, let's talk about this uh, before we start taking any calls and before I dive into the Twitter mailbag. Expectations for the Steelers in 2021. I, I really think that Steeler fans as a whole need to take a realistic look at this team and set realistic expectations for this team in 2021. And I say that because I believe that this Steelers team is going to be good. Are they going to be as good as last season? That's debatable. Some people feel like the 11-0 start from last season from 2020 was all smoke and mirrors. That the Steelers were not that good. That they were just beating bad teams. Maybe getting a little lucky at times. Whatever the case may be. I think this Steelers team is going to be good. But we need to be realistic. So when we're talking about realistic expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021, I think you have to start with the most important statistic of all. Wins and losses. Yeah, that's it. That's what it all boils down to. Hey, how many games are you winning? And so in this regard, a lot of folks, and not Steeler fans, not Steelers media, these are more the national pundits, are really talking about the Steelers and saying Mike Tomlin's run of non uh, or of a, uh, Mike Tomlin's run of not having a losing season could be up. They say it's in jeopardy. It's a tough schedule. I understand it. It's a tough division. Best division in football last season. But is it really going to happen? Are they really going to lose more than they win? Remember, 17-game regular season. There's no more 500. Mike Tomlin's finished 500, I think, twice. There's no more 8-8. Eight eight. So either you're, you have a winning record or a losing record and from, from here on out. So I don't necessarily see that, to be completely honest with you. I think, and I don't... Honestly, if you're listening live uh, on Locker Room, I'd love to hear from you in a second. I think the double-digit wins is not out of the realm of possibility for the Steelers. 
I think that when you look at the games that they have at home, you have the extra home game with the Seattle Seahawks. You have the division that they typically play really tough. It's a tough division, but they play their division opponents well. I could see this team still being really, really good. With that said, I do think the Steelers are going to suffer more losses than they did in 2020. Finished the regular season 12-4. and We all know how it finished, both in the playoffs and down the stretch. And because of that, a lot of people still have a sour taste in their mouth. And I understand it 100%. I feel everyone's pain. People need to remember, this is, this is me. I'm a fan. Okay, do I run a website? Yes. Do I have a podcast that a lot of people enjoy? Yes. Does that mean that I'm any less of a fan or any more of a fan? No. I'm a fan just like every single person that listens to Let's Ride, listens to all our afternoon podcasts, all the other morning podcasts. I want the Steelers team to succeed. However, I just think that it's, and it might not be a bad thing, mind you, if the Steelers do struggle a little bit, if they do maybe have to find their footing sooner rather than later. We'll see. I'm not saying that losing games is ever a good thing. But at the same time, I look at this team and think, how did that 11-0 treat them last year? Were they maybe a little full of themselves, a little overzealous, maybe a little prideful, conceited? I don't know. Some would definitely say that they think that they are, they were. I don't We'll see. Another realistic expectation is I think that the Steelers fan base should really prepare for the Steelers rookie class in 2021 to play well. I really think that they should prepare themselves to see a rookie class, especially the top three picks, and that's Najee Harris out of Alabama, running back. That's Pat Fryermuth, tight end out of Penn State in the second round, and that is Kendrick Green, center slash guard. We all praise the center out of Illinois. And when you look at those three players, they should be key contributors. Are they going to be starters? That uh, I hate that term in, in football. Because if you look at the Steelers, if they come out and they don't have two tight ends, and Eric Ebron's on the field, Pat Fryermuth is not going to get the start, yet he might still play 80% of the offensive snaps. So, huge contributor, but doesn't get counted as a quote-unquote starter. So some Steelers expectations for 2021. Yeah, I think they're going to be a good team. I think that they might have some struggles, and it might happen early. It's going to be a long road. This is a tough, grueling schedule that just got longer. In the week seven by week, all we can hope and pray is that it actually happens when it's scheduled because we all know what happened last season when that week seven by week turned into a week three by week or week four by week and It was just chaotic. We'll put it that way. But I don't believe that this season is going to be like last season as it pertains to uh, COVID-19 outbreaks, as it pertains to moving games around and things like that. But I want to know what your expectations are. So if you are listening live on the Locker Room app, we have a couple people here in the the room. Uh, By all means, put a speaker request in. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to get your take not only on the Steelers' expectations, but anything else that you would like to talk about, you know, it could be anything Steelers related as they are preparing for the second phase of OTAs. Then will come the third phase of OTAs, which is typically when more of the veterans show up, they get some extra work and then the mini camp, then we hit a break. And then once we get to that mandatory mini camps done, the players are gone until training camp. And that's when it gets a little dicey. 
But if you're listening live on Locker Room, just put in a speaker request. I'd gladly have you on to talk about the black and the gold. In the meantime, I'm going to hop on over here to the Twitter mailbag, answer some questions there from my ride or die crew. David Testis, I'm sorry, says, how do you think Shakur Brown will fare as a Steeler? He was a projected third rounder, falls to being an undrafted free agent. I have high hopes, but he might be just another, quote, Lustin Jane, and he's talking about um, one Justin Lane who came at me at Twitter one time. There's a long story. I'm not going to get into that. But, David, to answer your question, whenever I think of a player that most deem as a great value pick, oh, we had him projected in the fifth round. We had him projected in the third round. We had him projected in whatever round, and they fall. The question that I always want to know is why did they fall? Is there an injury concern? Is it something that everyone else is overlooking? There's always those stories. Now, that does not mean that Shakur Brown is not going to be a quality player. That does not mean that he won't be able to be a contributor. Reports from Mark Caballi of The Athletic is that the Steelers gave him the most lucrative rookie, undrafted rookie free agent contract in team history. That's probably one of the reasons he went to Pittsburgh. And so they value him in that regard. But what made him fall? What made him slip to being undrafted? I don't know. I don't know. But if the Steelers like him enough, they're going to make him the wealthiest undrafted free agent in team history. Well, they must like what they see. And so I do think that Shakur Shakur Brown is going to make the team. And I think he is going to be vying for that nickel cornerback role. He's a very versatile player. Comes from a big-time school in Michigan State. And I could absolutely see him being a player that makes the team. If he doesn't, I'd be shocked. But at the same time, stranger things have happened. So good question, David. Um, Is he another Justin Lane? I don't know. We'll see. Let's get Jim on here. What's up, Jim? How's it going? Good. How are you? Can't complain. What do you want to talk about? Well, you were talking about the expectations of the Steelers. And right now, I got to say, you got to take a step back and take a look at where people are coming from altogether. People are saying they're not going to be doing this good because they were under Randy Lane last year. Right? This year, they're under Canada. We don't know what Canada has up his sleeve yet. Yeah, that's a... That's a great point. It's a wild card that no one knows. And that's, like you said, no one knows. But go ahead, continue. No, I was just saying, no one knows how they're going to react to Canada and how his offense is out there. So we can't really, my, the way I look at it is you can't really say, oh, they're going to do great or, oh, they're going to do bad until you got to get in that preseason mode and get to see what they're actually doing. No, you're right. I absolutely agree. I agree 100%. Let me ask you, though. What is your expectation for, let's start with the rookie class. What's your expectation for those top three picks? You think they're going to be big contributors or not so much? Um, yes. Yes, they're going to be big. I think the first three are going to be big. I think after that, uh, Roche is going to be, I think, a good player. And then after that, I think it's a possibility. I don't know. After that. You know, Roche's another one, just like Shakur Brown, where everyone said, well, I had him at fourth-round grade, and he slips all the way to the sixth. Well, why? Like, why did he slip? I know that things happen, but still. And, Jim, last question. So you're talking expectations when you look at the schedule, which is a tough schedule. No one's going to deny that. Uh, That can change. You know, injuries could happen. Uh, But still, what are your expectations for win-loss totals this year? (laughs) 
I'm I'm actually right there at honestly around like that 500 mark. You know, it could flip either way. I always look at it as this way: when we're playing our division, I always say one win, one loss. Yeah. Um, just like how you said before, like uh, the other day about the Super Bowl window closing for the Steelers. I don't know if it's so much that people are saying that the Steelers are maybe getting bad, but maybe the teams around them in their division is getting better. Like the That's Bengals and the Browns and the Ravens. They're getting those players. They're they're building up. It's not just a cakewalk anymore, you know? It's not the great faces yeah. anymore. <laughs> so no, you're right. Um so maybe that's why when people are saying the window's closing, it's other teams are getting better. And Pittsburgh is have high expectations in the first place, and they expect high expectations. That's all it's doing. You're right. You're right. And, Jim, thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it. If you want to talk again, just put another speaker request. And the one thing that fans need to remember, you bring up the division. I want to talk about this for a sec. You bring up the AFC North, and you look at the landscape, and everyone saw all the, the images last year and the graphics last year of – old man Ben Roethlisberger and young Lamar Jackson, young Baker Mayfield, and really young Joe Burrow. I think it's important that fans know that all these quarterbacks that are not named Roethlisberger, they're about to get paid. Okay, so I think Baker Mayfield sucks. I've said that over and over again. I don't think he's any good. I don't think he's ever going to win them a Super Bowl. However, the Browns are going to have to pay him. They are going to have to pay him top dollar. Just like the Ravens, I would be absolutely stunned. And living in Maryland, I hear a lot about Baltimore and the Ravens. I would be stunned if they don't feel inclined to pay Lamar Jackson. Now, they have other avenues where they could say, okay, we're going to let you play out your rookie deal, and we're going to pick up your fifth-year option, and then we may try to franchise tag you. But at what point is Lamar Jackson going to say, that's enough? Like, you got to come on, quit stringing me along. Like, either pay me or let me go somewhere that they will pay me. And the reason I bring this up is not because I care so much about those teams, but when you look at the Browns and even the Ravens, because they've been winning with a rookie quarterback, when you look at those teams, I should say under a rookie deal, not a rookie quarterback, when they've been winning with those in that scenario, they don't have to expend a lot of money at the quarterback position. Joe Burrow, will, the, the same thing will happen in four to five years with him as well in Cincinnati. They are going to have to pay those players. And when they do, it changes everything. It changes the entire dynamic of the team. Look at the perfect example, the, the L.A. Rams with Jared Goff. He got paid handsomely after their trip to the Super Bowl. And then his play fell off, and now he's a member of the Detroit Lions. But the Rams themselves have had to make so many trades. They've put themselves... They've gotten rid of so much of their draft capital. It's it's really frightening. It's really frightening. All right, we're going to get to some more callers here in a second. I'm going to take a quick break for those that are listening live on Locker Room. Don't go anywhere because I'm not going anywhere. On the audio side, stay tuned right after this ad. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of this live Let's Ride locker room app mailbag. And we've got a lot of people joining in. A lot of people want to talk about the Steelers. A lot of people want to give their expectations and talk about anything black and gold. Let's get Nick on the line. What's up, Nick? How's it going? Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I'm great. What's up? So uh, I joined a little late, so I'm not sure if you guys have talked about this yet. But something that I'm really interested in watching and, like, really interested in since the draft is the Steelers' running back room. Because I think, especially with the addition of Najee Harris, we could see a lot of movement there. Um, And I'm just kind of wondering what your take on that would be. My specific question is, I think Najee, because he's such a complete back, kind of makes a lot of running backs on our roster a little more obsolete or a little redundant, a little more redundant than they would have been without him. For example, what I'm really thinking is Benny Snell in particular. You know, he's kind of that short yardage, grounded pound back. Well, Najee kind of does that, and he'll probably do it a little bit better than Snell. Um, I still think other uh, other running backs have a role, such as Anthony McFarlane, because he can kind of be a change of pace. But, like, yep. I just wonder what you kind of think, how the running back room is going to fall out. You know, how many do you think we'll keep? Because we kept so many last year. Um, and I'm wondering if Najee kind of cuts, will end up, the drafting of Najee will end up cutting a few more running backs than we usually see. Well, if the Steelers are smart, and I, I used to say, you know they're going to do the smart thing, but we've learned that they ha- they don't always. If the Steelers are smart, they really do have to keep an eye on Najee Harris and his overall touches. You want to have him out there, and you need to have him out there to a certain extent. But at the same time, you really need to monitor him, and you need to monitor the wear and tear on his body. Because if you look at this uh, this running back room, although, yes, them drafting Najee Harris from Alabama does make some of the players obsolete, mainly Benny Snell. But at the same time, I could definitely see them keeping Harris, Snell, as an insurance policy, McFarlane as a change of pace, and Jalen Samuels solely based on the fact that he has a repertoire with the new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, from NC State. And I don't think, if they do keep Jalen Samuels, I don't think that he would be used as a running back very often. I think he'd go right back into that H-back role that he did at NC State and that he thrived with, Matt Canada. And other than that, you really don't have um, – there's the free agent they picked up who uh, – his name escapes me, but at the same time, I think it's Callen. Kalen um, Balak. Kalen. Thank Bilal. you, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, I got So you. I actually see them keeping four, and maybe Samuels goes and Balaj stays if they like him. He plays well enough. I know they're not getting rid of McFarland, and I doubt I, they get rid of Benny Snell, but that's just my opinion. What do you think? I definitely agree. I think they keep McFarland because, as I was saying earlier, I think he's just a perfect change of pace. You know, he's a smaller, quicker back, and I think that's perfect. But I do, I don't know. Like, for example, when I think about that Patriots game, what, what, like two years ago now, three years ago, where um, Jalen Samuels had 144 yards or something like that, I feel like he kind of played a similar game to that kind of zone running, one cut, Benny Snell type of football. So, I don't know. I feel like maybe. I mean, you can't really try to trade Benny Snell because I feel like his his stock isn't that high. But, like, I just yeah. feel like there's a lot of redundancy, and, and we have such a crowded running back room. I think it's going to be a really interesting camp battle. That's what I'm, what I'm excited for, to kind of see who shows out and who doesn't. Um, but, yeah. It's going to – yeah, Nick, you're, you're absolutely right. Thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it. You're absolutely right. They, you, they are going to have a very difficult choice to make at the running back position 
And there's a lot of players that are very similar. And I don't necessarily see, you know, yeah, you bring up the Patriots game where Jalen Samuels rushed for 140-plus. Um, I believe that was the first time he ever rushed for over 100 yards in his career. Not just NFL, but even college, because he's more of a uh, that age back at NC State. It, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how the Steelers approach that. Let's get Logan on. What's up, Logan? How's it going? Doing good. Um, I just wanted to talk about what are your expectations for the um, defensive line and edge rush? Do you think they will keep up with their fifty year, sorry, fifty sacks per year pace that they've been on for the past few years, or do you think they'll end and they'll they won't get as many sacks as they usually do? Well, they've led the NFL in sacks, I believe, the last three seasons. They've had fifty over fifty or sack, more sacks every season, and I believe after the first season that they had 50, I was on record. You can check the tape on the Steelers preview on you live on YouTube and also on our audio side. I said, I don't think they're going to do it again. And then they did it again. And then they did it again. And sometimes you would miss a piece of the puzzle. There would be a player that's gone or there's a player that gets hurt and they still find a way. If there's one part of this defense that I don't question, even without Bud Dupree, even without Mike Hilton, excuse me, even without Steven Nelson, it's their ability to put pressure on the quarterback. If everyone stays healthy, and that's a gigantic if. Look at last season. You know, Bud Dupree in week 13 or 14, whenever they played the Ravens at Heinz Field, uh, you know, he tears his ACL, and that changed everything. But if they can stay healthy, Logan, I think that they are definitely going to be at or above 50. And will they lead the NFL in sacks? I'm not sure, but... T.J. Watt has gotten better every single season, not only on the field in terms of the eye test, but also from a statistical standpoint. And so I see no reason why he wouldn't be able to continue that trend. Uh, you agree, Logan, or you think it ends? Um, the defensive line has been outstanding the past uh, at least five years, so I think it will keep going. And what um, three players do you think will have the most sacks on the team? Okay, three players, most sacks. I'm going to go with uh, T.J. Watt, number one. Now, last season, yeah, I think Stephon Tua hit double digits last season, and Cam Hayward had a really low sack total. I want to say he was around four. Like that's that's to me, that's an anomaly. That's not normal. And you're throwing Alex Highsmith into the mix. I'm going to say T.J. Watt one. I'm going to say Alex Highsmith two, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's Cam that has a better 2021 and not to it, and he'll be third. That's my guess. you agree with that, or you have a different list, Logan? Um, you could obviously put uh, to it in there, but other than that, I'm yep. thinking as maybe an underdog, Roche could probably find his way into five or six sacks. That would be a great performance out of a six-round pick. So, But do you think five or six would be enough? Do you think five or six would be enough for top three, though? I wouldn't think so, would you? I was just saying as an underdog. I think yeah, no, you're right. For- I don't think he's going to be in the top three, but yeah, Highsmith, Watt, Tewitt, and Hayward should be in the top three. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, Logan, thanks for chiming in. I appreciate it. Anyone else that wants to talk live on the Locker Room app, just put in a speaker request. I'm glad to have you on. We have a couple people in the comment section uh, that are talking about this. They're saying Alex Highsmith second. Ace Bryant says he has Devin Bush at six sacks. I could see it. Um Although sometimes you have the Vince Williams type that is kind of the slasher that gets in there. But um, all right, we have another speaker request. Nick wants to talk in. What's up, Nick? How's it going? Good. Um, kind of on the topic of the defensive line, 
Um, I was think I've been thinking about, you know, honestly, just Chris Wormley a lot. And I, I know you guys have talked about, you know, there's a possibility that Chris Wormley got signed because they thought they were losing Tyson Alualu. Um, and then when you see them bring in, you know, this louder milk kid from, I don't even remember what school he's from. Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, like, do you think that they would move on from someone like Wormley um, to try to clear up maybe some more cap space to sign a, um, a another free agent, you know, like Ryan Kerrigan, who just got freaking signed by the Eagles? Yeah, one year for three three point two million or something. I felt like I the Steelers could have matched that. But anyways, to answer your question about Wormley, I am someone that believes that the Steelers signed him because Alulu said he was going elsewhere. Now, does that mean that they cut him though? I don't know. I'd have to look at the structure of his contract and see well how much money would he still be owed? What would they save? It's certainly a possibility. People need to remember. That just because a player gets signed, even if it's as a, as a free agent, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stick around. So everyone everyone kind of was bashing the Joe Haig signing. Oh, Joe Haig was awful last year for Tampa Bay. Okay, so they drafted Dan Moore. If he pans out and Joe Haig is not needed anymore, you get rid of him. You get rid of him by a certain that certain period. I forget what the window is that you have to make that cut. But, I mean, think about some of the other free agents the Steelers have brought in, and they just don't pan out. Dante Moncrief comes to mind. Um <laughs> So Chris Wormley was signed to a two-year deal. If he does doesn't isn't fitting, there is one thing to keep in mind though. He's the only player on the current roster that is labeled as a nose tackle. That's something mm. of that that's noteworthy to me because they, the the Steelers they've said that they like to have a nose tackle and they know that Alulu has tried. They haven't had one since Hargrave left. So. I don't know if that means anything to you, Nick, but to me, that kind of tells me that they might have had it. They might have a niche role for him this season. That could be. I, I just think of like I feel like the D line is one of our strengths. You know, we have Absolutely. a lot of really good pieces there. We have Hayward, we have Tuit, we have Alualu, and then beyond that, you know, we have Bugs, who you know played all right. He was injured for a lot of last year, but he played pretty well. And then Carlos Davis, you know, he certainly exceeded expectations. And then just seeing them bring in this another draft pick, it kind of makes me wonder, like, that's a really crowded room. And I feel like not a lot of those guys are people that you can just kind of stash on a practice squad and not have anyone notice. Maybe Loudermilk, but, I mean, you gave up a fourth-round pick next year for that. I feel like it would be really foolish if we put them on the practice squad and someone else scoops them up, you know? There's no way. In my opinion, the outside of the top three draft picks, there's no one safer on this roster than Isaiah Loudermilk. You just you cannot trade a fourth round 2020 pick to get into the fifth round and then cut that player. If they would have just taken him in the fifth round, that's different. But you traded into that round to take that guy, and so I don't think he's going anywhere. Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs, they're going to battle it out. I do think it's the end of the road for like a guy like Henry Mondeau. I think Mondeau's a a great. Excuse me, he's a great story, but ultimately, I just don't think there's a spot for him. And maybe even Isaiah Bugs, because people forget at the end of last season, it was Carlos Davis that was getting snaps over Bugs. And that's when Bugs got all butthurt, pardon my French, on the sideline and was having a hizzy fit. And it was Wormley that had to break up he and Davis because he wasn't playing. And he was even inactive, Isaiah Bugs was, towards the end of the season. So something to keep in mind. Um, anything else, Nick? 
I, I actually didn't know that. So that's really interesting now that you say that. So yeah, maybe they are <laughs> looking for a replacement for bugs. Yeah. Thank you. You never yeah, know, that's man. It, that's it. Yeah. All right, Nick. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right. Let's get to uh, the Twitter mailbag here to finish out the show. And Mendez says, Steelers seem to be looking to signing a veteran outside linebacker. Do I have a fra- favorite free agent that I would like to see signed? Uh, I would like to see Justin Houston get a look. I was all on the Ryan Kerrigan train. It was a gut punch to see him sign uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles for so cheap. If you would have gotten a lucrative deal, I would have been, yeah, I get it. You know, you, you go after your money. No one else is really offering you money. But the Steelers, I don't know if they offered him. Maybe they didn't offer him as much. Maybe it was a similar offer, and he decided to stay in the NFC East because he wanted to harass the Washington football team. I don't know. But I would love to see Justin Houston, I think, would be a great get for the Steelers. People don't understand that last season, even at his age, he's 32, even last season he had eight sacks for the Indianapolis Colts. And the year before that he had 11, double-digit sacks. This is a player that could come in, and if you don't need him to be an every-down pass rusher, perfect role for him. Perfect role. T.J. Watt needs a rest. He's going to give you that pass rushing presence you need. Same with Highsmith. I'd love to see him get Justin Houston. Ben P says, do you think we'll pick up another veteran cornerback for the other side of Hayden or just roll with what we have? Also, who in the wide receiver group do you think will make a major splash this season? Okay, so let's break this down bit by bit. Do I think they'll pick up another veteran? No, I don't. Um, they did sign, <clears throat> excuse me, they did sign a cornerback slash safety earlier this season. Really kind of flew under the radar, to be honest with you. And that was by a name, a gentleman of the name of Arthur Mallette. Arthur Mallette. He played for the New York Jets. Again, he has played some safety and some corner. Now, our own Jeffrey Benedict is going to have a film room breakdown on this gentleman soon, and he has basically been talking to me a little bit and the rest of our staff about how he thinks that he could be this Mike Hilton role. And if they can just find someone to fill that slot cornerback position, it really frees them up. I think Cam Sutton is going to be pretty, pretty good, so I don't think they'll have to worry about that. As for the wide receiver group, who will make a major splash? I don't think it's a surprise, but I would definitely say it's Chase Claypool. You thought he was good in year one. Wait till he has a year under his belt. Wait till he has another year with Roethlisberger. Wait till he has an offensive coordinator that actually knows what he's doing. He could be really special. And Ben uses the hashtag Ride or Die Crew and looking for Harvin third jersey. I love it. Absolutely love it. Let's get back to the locker room app. Ace, what's up, Ace? What's up? How's it going? What's on your mind? Oh yeah, I'm just just here to you know I'm, I'm just up here to you know talk. I guess. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Um. Well, I guess the first thing would probably be, what do you think? Hmm. I know you were just talking about, you know, Arthur Millette and guys like that, but I'm gonna say for me, because I thought he was, I thought we were gonna draft him actually, and that's why I like the the, the um the, the Shakur Brown signing. That's that was like my my favorite. Other than yeah. the, you know, what I'm saying because. I thought that was actually going to be one of the people we took, like fourth, fifth round. I, that's what I thought, right? So when he fell to yeah. us, right, and we picked him up, that was pretty cool. Um, you also do got, you know, Gilbert. He's interesting. You know, he has had a couple. He had, he did have a really good season a couple years ago, but I mean, I'm not going to say he isn't good. <laughs> so, but I will say that a lot of people is hyping up the fact that he is relative to uh, uh, the real Reavers. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of people live yeah, there's the connection. There's a connection there. I know that. Um, a lot of people live yeah. like Meadow. Yeah, that's a good point, Ace. And, and thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it. You know, I, I really, when I look at this cornerback group, and we'll include the undrafted free agents who Shakur Brown is and um, sev- definitely some others. But um, when I look at this cornerback group, I really am not as frantic and freaking out as much as other people are. There are some people that are screaming from the rooftops and the mountaintops saying, oh, we need to sign a corner. I feel like they did when they got Arthur Millette, and I really don't think that they need to make any moves now. Now, that doesn't – I say now. They don't need to make any moves now. If they want to make a move, in my opinion, they do a Ross Cockrell. What does that mean? They wait until after cuts are made at training camp, and then they pick up somebody that maybe has a really deep cornerback room that they're like, hey, we can grab this guy. He could be a really good dime cornerback for us, and he can come in and play right away. That's the only move that I would make, but that's just me. All right, let's get Nick back in one last time. Here we go. What's up, Nick? What's on your mind? <laughs> All right, I have two last things. One is just a statement. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, it's about um, the, the new center, um, Kendrick Green. I just wanted to say, like, I love this kid. And I've heard I've heard a lot of like doubt around him and a lot of worries around him, but this kid is like an animal. I, I was listening to one of his pre-draft um, podcasts, and he said that in his pre-draft po- podcast, a lot of teams told him that they expected him to be at center. So he's actually had some time training at center. He's been training all offseason at center because that's what most teams told him they'd likely play him at. But on top of that, the dude was just like a physical freak at his pro day. And he ran a four eight six forty, which is like crazy. And a good comparison is Creed Humphrey, who everyone said he had an all world pro day. He ran like a five oh nine or something like that in his pro day. So like this kid is he's a he's a physical beast. I think he's gonna be perfect for like the pulling center that the Steelers do. I love the pick. I actually picked him in a ton of mock drafts, so I was super excited to see that we picked him up. Um, but that's my, that's, that's just the one thing I want to say. The question I had for you is, um, about the linebackers. So completely different. Um, I kind of have always viewed Vince Williams and Robert Splane very similarly. I think Splane's a little younger and a little more athletic, but like not a huge difference. I'm just kind of wondering how you see them, if you see them as similar players or if you see them as completely different players or how you would evaluate them. All right, Nick, thank you. Let's, um, First and foremost, Kendrick Green was considered by many the most athletic center of the entire group, the entire class. And that, that includes everyone. You, know, you mentioned Creed Humphrey. You could talk about Landon Dickerson, all of them, the most athletic. The Steelers value that. He has speed. He does have a nasty streak. Let's not, please, let's not underscore. We need to underscore that because that is important. This guy is not going to take just, he's not going to be pushed around. We'll put it that way. As for your question, um, and I completely forgot your question. Nick, come on back and tell me what the question is. Uh, here we go. Nick, what was your question? I totally forgot. I was so good no, caught up good. with Kendrick Green. No, what I is know. the question? He's, just, he's such an exciting prospect. No, my question was um, for the inside linebacker position. Yes. Um, Spillane and Williams. and Spillane. Yeah, I've kind of always viewed them as similar, uh, but I feel like you know Spillane's just a little bit younger, a little more athletic. But I was just wondering if you see them – any major differences or, or how you kind of evaluate the two? Uh, yeah, thank you for <laughs> jogging my memory. Goodness gracious, it's hell getting older. All right, thanks, Nick. So Spillane and Williams are similar in a lot of ways. They they both are great run stoppers. 
Uh, Spillane is more athletic than Vince Williams when it comes to coverage. Um, but Vince Williams is a better blitzer. Vince Williams sheds blockers better. So these two players, everyone wants to set up a battle between the two. And I say why. I don't think you have to when you can have situations where you put one in compared to the other. And when I look at this, I think that Spillane and Williams is a great combo as long as Devin Bush is healthy. If Devin Bush is healthy, then the Steelers inside linebacker core is fine. You can put Spillane in certain spots. Don't forget Miles Killebrew. I talked about how Wormley is listed as a nose tackle. Miles Killebrew is listed as a linebacker. Not sure if you knew that or not, but he is. Keep that in mind as well. All right, let's get this wrapped up here. We did start a little bit early for those that are just joining us. The Penguins play tonight. I want to make sure we get everyone free before the Pens start their playoff push. Hopefully they beat the Islanders. Uh, West Virginia Ken says, with the addition of Friar Muth, do you expect to see more two tight end formations? Or might he challenge Ebron for the starting job? I don't think he's going to challenge Ebron because Ebron is a different type of player. He's, he's more of your wide receiver tight end. Uh, with that said, I think that Friar Muth, him being there could and should and hopefully will equate to more two tight end sets with the Steelers. Uh, Western can also ask, knowing what you know today, who's the starting offensive line? Okay, left or right? Starting left tackle, I have Chooks for knowing what I know today. Left guard, I have Kevin Dotson, no-brainer. Center, Kendrick Green, I think he wins the job in training camp. Rookie starts at center. Right guard, David DeCastro, all pro. Don't need to say a word about him. Right tackle, I've got Zach Banner because he won that job last season, and Mike Tomlin said he wants him back there this season. And to be completely honest with you, if that's the Steelers' offensive line from left to right, barring Kendrick Green completely falling flat on his face, I like that offensive line. You might disagree. That's fine. Last question, Zibs says, what numbers do you think Harris and Fryermuth will put up this season? Um, I will say that for... Harris, I have predicted that he is not going to get 1,000 yards on the ground. I do predict him to have roughly 1,200 total yards, though. I have about 900 rushing, 200-some-odd yards receiving. That would equate to over 1,000 total yards. I think he's going to be a good red zone threat as well. I see him having about 9 to 10 touchdowns, believe it or not. Uh, in terms of Fryermuth, I don't think he's going to have a lot of yards. Again, another red zone threat. I'll say 4 to 5 touchdowns. Total receiving yards, we'll put it at 350, uh, and he'll have a good season. I think that, that will, uh, you know, people will really understand that when it comes to Fryermuth, he's more of a two-way tight end, and maybe he'll develop into his own his own piece of the puzzle. We'll put it that way. So, all right, folks, that does it for me. For those that are listening live on the Locker Room app, thank you for chiming in. I really do appreciate every single one of you. My Ride or Die crew, those are the people that never miss my Let's Ride podcast which is found anywhere where you get your podcast. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do. It's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It airs at 5 a.m. Eastern time, and you can check it out whenever you get a minute. Also, make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. As we always finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you back here on Friday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.